Welcome to R&R Showtime with Robert and Ryan. And today we'll be discussing What If, Episodes 3. Uh, what If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes. And 4. What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands. <laughs> so, first impressions. Um, I mean, Episode 3 is the best one so far. You think so? I think so. Hmm. Interesting. In episode four, is it just kind of depressing? I guess that's fair. You know, you say that that's the best one so far, and I don't know if I've actually thought about which one so far would be like my favorite or or I think is the best. Um, but I just, I mean, man, every time I watch these things, I just keep thinking back to that I didn't think that this was going to be a good show or I didn't really care about it and that I love it. Like, this is great. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, each episode is just so interestingly unique and getting to see a, just a new take on events that we know, seeing them told in a different way. And just, I mean, yeah, they're just what ifs. And I, I think they're really good. I've enjoyed all the, I've, and what I've actually enjoyed about the last two is that they were like, not good essentially, you know? So, yeah, like I, bad, uh, bad timelines. Yeah, these are like, you know, to say um the one with um no, episode three. I mean, bad things happen, but it, that's not like an ultimately bad ending. It's like, OK, the world doesn't have these Avengers, but instead it just has it'll have some new heroes. Just it, the captains. Yeah, it's yeah, it, at the end. You know, it makes a point like, you know, new heroes will arise in their place. Like that's the moral of the thing that even though these ones didn't and this universe doesn't have these heroes, this universe still will have heroes. But number four was like. Wow, I like that they just decided said, "Hey, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you know, bad choices lead to the, the end of everything." And episode four also had a lot more of the uh, fourth wall watching the watcher questions. That I think I I had a feeling that the show was going to sort of tackle in some way, but yeah. So this is basically confirmation that. The Watcher is going to play some more of a role. Yeah. So and that's that's why I'm, I'm hoping to see that at some point like that. We're not it's not just um, I mean. The way that it's all set up is that it's not just that we are watching these instances, but we are with the Watcher watching them and that the Watcher is existing here. And these are just realities that he's seeing. And since we've already seen that little interaction, we're like, this is going to be more man like this is uh, I. I already see this touching into the multiversal, you know, thing that we're already, uh, you know, the, the branch that we're already watching with Loki and with everything we're seeing. I already see how this is going to tie into it a little bit. I think that this is going to end up having some direct tie into our multiverse sort of, you know, future happenings that are going on. Yeah, presumably so. I I feel like I may have said this the last time, but I could see Captain Carter popping up in a in live action show. Yeah. So, well, let's get into our, our recap, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that at the end. Um, episode three. Episode three. The episode is almost to say a little bit. It's it's kind of like simple in what it is. It's you know, but it's the the watching of it that makes it entertaining. It starts with us in Iron Man two, right? Yeah, Iron Man two. Yeah. Um, where Fury meets with Tony, and kind of the the real inception and beginning of the Avengers. You know, where where it actually kind of 
not you know just like I, obviously Iron Man coming out and Captain America the first vendor and all that but like this is where that really starts like we see Fury putting it together it's Fury's uh big week I think it's been referred to because within this week are the events of Iron Man 2 uh the Incredible Hulk and uh Thor yeah which I didn't even realize that was a thing uh, until I saw this uh, this this um what if that basically says yeah all these things happen in a week and you know this yeah i, I just didn't know that and i thought that was interesting yeah so, um but basically we see day by day each of the events of of these of the big week turn at turn completely on their head where instead of him inducting or or kind of breaching and bringing these people towards uh, joining the avengers or having first contact with thor to say literally end up in all of the people selected for the Avengers uh, getting killed. Uh, Iron Man ha- takes his the Natasha the- injects uh, Tony with the uh, with what was supposed to be just like a harmless like thing to like help him get back into shape, and he immediately keels over and dies. Yeah, Tony Stark is the first person we see die, which is also a bit of like a. I mean, he is one of the Avengers who we see eventually die, but to see him die before even the first Avengers movie is just like, a fuck. yeah, it was yeah. definitely like, I mean, you know that the episode is called what if earth lost its, its mightiest heroes. So, so you're like you go in expecting it, but like still like you, when you kill off Iron Man, like barely into the episode, it's, it's not even just that. Yeah. Barely in the episode, but also he dies not in battle. It's not like he's like fighting some big monster, some, some unstoppable force that, that kills him. Right. That's something we almost suspect, but they're sitting in a diner. Yeah. And he takes an injection that's supposed to save him and he just dies. Mm-hmm. And and that is it, it, that is shocking, to say the least. And then we go to. Uh, so Natasha see- is blamed, though, right? And yes. she's like taken in. Meanwhile, um, they've found a hammer, Mjolnir, out in the desert and mm-hmm. uh, they set up their shield base around it and. Thor breaks in to take the hammer to try and claim it, as in the events of Thor. Mm-hmm. And we get um, uh, Clint, uh, Hawkeye, lining up his shot, like in the movie. But this time, he accidentally lets fire and kills Thor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I guess that makes sense, because at this point, he's been stripped of his power. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of weird to think that he was mortal at this point and that he could have been killed because like even like in my brain i was like yeah if he got shot he's still thor but apparently not <laughs> yeah apparently yeah i didn't really understand that either i didn't I, I mean i guess we can just take that as canon that he at that time he was stripped of his power but i mean this is kind of comes back to something i was like talking about when we were watching loki where it's like okay so he's stripped of his his ma- like his magic powers or whatever. How- however, in Asgardian's powers work, right? Because he has a power over lightning and things. Um, and I don't know if that's a magical something. Like again, things are I all think, like whatever I think Odin, in this universe. Odin used magic to strip him of his power. I okay. I guess maybe that makes sense that Odin used his magic, however it works, to strip him of his abilities. And so with that, I mean, I just don't see why Odin was like, "Well, I'll take you all your power, but also take your invulnerability, you know, or minor invulnerability." That you have like your power as an Asgardian. Like, are you, did he really just go whoop? You are just like a mortal man now. But I guess hey, obviously that is just what happened there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we have to take what we saw, but it does just make me question like, why, why would Odin even go that far? Like, eh, I don't know why it's why I don't know that taking away his, you know, Asgardian less vulnerability. I guess he's not unvulnerable, he can take damage. We see that all the time, but but it, making him like 
more killable is how that's going to humble him. And this, this specific event leads to another chain event of Thor does not reclaim himself, does not like fix his path. And so we get like uh, maybe even the next day, uh, Loki pulls pulls up with the Asgardian army here to uh, take revenge for the death of his brother. Yeah. And uh, there's obviously Heimdall must have immediately seen that they killed Thor. Yeah. And so it would have been reported and Loki being kind of in charge back at home already, even though it was a plot before now, nobody's even suspecting. Yeah. I, I think at this point, like the death of Thor one, it leads the, the power vacuum. Loki is then has to be, he's not like vying to take Thor's yeah. place while Thor is like at, at that point. Um, uh, he's still probably, you, you got, you also kind of got to wonder, did, Loki still finds out about the truth and he still has some anger. What happened to Odin? What happened to Frida? We don't know. But I mean, I, presumably they're just like imprisoned or maybe they accept that. Maybe they're just so sad at Thor being gone. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. We don't really get a lot of that. But I can I can imagine if I theorize that Odin kind of just lets like he's like all right loki like our thor is dead you will be the one that takes over then like he was he was basically ready to hand it down and and this is a moment where it's like well you might not have picked uh loki before but if there's no other option now and loki is you know could be a very good leader yes and and with this it's like here loki here's the chance to go and uh avenge thor and take you know be take your rightful place right like like do this thing and you might earn being king of uh asgard and also take notice, or at least I noticed the fact that uh, Loki pulls up with the Asgardian army, but only one of the, uh, like the, I don't know the name of the group, but like Thor is like Asgardian allies. Yeah. Because at this point, they're all alive. They haven't, Yeah, all of them should be alive. None of them have been killed by Hela at this point. Yeah. But again, it's just Sif, who yeah. we saw in Loki. So I... Sif is coming back into the MCU. Yeah. She's going to be in it. The rest of them, I think, are dead. But I I think maybe Sif was the only one that didn't get killed by Hela. I think they're called like the Warriors 4 or something like that. Probably. Yeah. I mean, good for the one that went off to become Shazam. But who remembers who the other two even are? Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, so Loki shows up. He's like, you killed my brother, prepare to die, you know, and and Fury negotiates with him. While at the same time, Fury kind of gave the uh, gave the the ability. I, no, actually, no, he just gave the like he said, Widow, break out and go figure out what's going on. Like, clearly there's something going on here. I know you didn't do this. Oh, Clint got um uh, basically put in a cell for killing Thor and in the cell, Clint dies. Yeah. So there's a lot of shit going on. And Widow is trying to figure out what is happening. Fury negotiates with Loki and kind of stops him and says, hey, you know, give us some time. Like, something's going on here. And we'll, we want to know who killed him. I don't think it was my guy. My guy's dead now, too. So let's figure out what's happening. He's like, all right, we'll give you till tomorrow, Loki says. Yeah. Natasha goes off to investigate um, and chooses to go find Banner, thinking, one, he needs potentially protection, but also to try and figure out what could have done this. Um, I, it, Cause she goes for the microbiology lab to see like if the compound that she injected into Stark was actually lethal and finds that the compound never made it into Stark. 
the needle like was like basically busted and something else went into Stark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that. So the scene that we get to see here, very interesting. Uh, not, it's not as interesting, but it's, it's cool to see that this scene is the same exact scene that was in incredible Hulk, except it's with Mark Ruffalo now. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that movie, so. Oh, you never seen incredible Hulk? No, it's, it was okay. It was definitely better than Hulk. I, I, I've heard, but, uh, yeah, so, I, and I've heard some say that it's like the character almost looks like some cross between Edward Norton and Mark Ruffalo, which kind of, but we get Mark Ruffalo's actual voice. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of the returning voices. I believe it's only, um, uh, the only people that don't do their voices are Tony Stark, which it's kind of immediately noticeable. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Natasha is voiced not by Scarlett Johansson, but not a bad. Yeah, they're. I, I almost knew immediately that it wasn't Scarlett Johansson, but then like as she kept talking, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty decent because I'm like forgetting it's sounding yeah. kind of like her a little bit. And I believe the little bit of uh, Captain Marvel we get at the end is not Brie Larson, but uh, we get Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Coulson's voiced by Coulson. Um, yeah, because that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy Renner voices Hawkeye. Uh, we get a. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, as I said, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she goes there, meets with uh, Banner, is trying to investigate what's going on, talking to uh, Banner's female love interest woman, whose name I forget. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, again, while all these other events are going on, then at this time, you know, again, the event from Incredible Hulk happens again, where, you know, the army shows up and begins to assault Hulk and, and everything. And at one point, Hulk gets shot by somebody yeah uh, out on the field which i don't believe that actually happened in or i again i haven't seen incredible hulk in forever i just remember it somewhat he gets shot by someone he hulks out runs out there to start thrashing stuff all, all over the place but as it's happening uh, at some point he just starts really expanding and blowing up and i think i feel like at this point i did not cat i i did not pick up on who was gonna be it I did not know who the bad guy was basically until until what Black Widow says. I think I I've, I figured it out then. But this is the first time where it it should have been kind of obvious. Like, oh yeah, of what killed Hulk. But I it, it did not occur to me yeah. until we see later what it is that causes Hulk to expand and die. I knew who it was after Hawkeye died, but before Hulk actually happened. Because I was just sitting there trying to figure it out. And I was like, what could have done these things? And and I, I basically, I, I thought it was Ant-Man. Like, right? So I guessed it was Ant-Man. Yeah. Which to say I was kind of right. I mean, yeah. Like, we, we don't have uh, Paul Rudd at Sorry, this no. point. I thought it was Yellow Jacket. This is, you know, and okay. Anybody that's watched, you've all probably watched the episode. I'm just going to give you my, you know, what I thought it was at this point. I thought, oh, so at this point, the yellow jacket villain from the MM movie developed his thing sooner and faster. And he has been uh, commissioned by the leader of Hydra or something to stop these Avengers, like get rid of them so that he can discredit fury and blah, 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 blah. That's that. Uh, that's not a bad that, idea. That is exactly what I thought was happening. I was like, he, he sent the yellow jacket in to kill these guys ahead of time. 
Uh, and that would be the 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 what if the change that occurred was mm-hmm. that he developed the yellow jacket sooner. Yeah, like prior to the formation of yeah. the Avengers, or, or he stole Pym's research sooner, or did or yeah, whatever it is, he he developed it sooner than the Avengers were able to assemble, and they used it strategically. I thought that this was. I just thought it was the actual villain yellow jacket. I, I see. Ant Man did not even cross my mind until so Hulk at the. Everyone's dead at this point except for Natasha. And Natasha is going trying to investigate. Uh, she she's granted ac- uh, clearance through through uh, Coulson's uh, shield access and is trying to investigate who would have motive, who logged into the servers and finds that um, uh, someone who has been dead for a few years has logged into the servers. And at this point, she gets attacked by an unseen force, an invisible force, as it were. And she's able to uh, call Fury while she's being attacked and leaves the message. It's hope. It's all about hope. Yeah. Or some. It's not exactly that. And at that point, I was like, hope. Oh, I know who that is. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's funny, though, because when she says that right okay i was like oh confirmed it is ant-man or something but but i still thought it was yellow jacket like i yeah. didn't i didn't catch on that it, it was ant-man or that it was her father or anything like that i just still thought it was yellow i was like oh cool so yeah i'm right that it's basically yellow jacket or involved with that he got her clearance somehow or maybe he killed her and took maybe her she became thing. yellow jacket yeah yeah exactly i thought it was i still thought it was not hank or um uh i i, I did not think it was hank or uh, uh fucking what's scott yeah but Fury Fury takes this uh takes this uh information and is able to figure out who it is at this point. And he decides to team up with Loki to uh basically go after uh who he believes it is. And he goes to the gravesite of uh Hope uh Hope Van Dyme, right? Yeah, Hope Van Dyme. Yeah. It's one of those last names where I like, hmm. and because Dad's Pim, but yeah, yeah, Hank Pim, Hope Van Dyne, Van Dyne took her mother's last name because she didn't like her father. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, goes to the gravesite of Hope Van Dyne, and so at this point, it the what if is really what if Hope had been killed fighting for shield yeah and we get a hank pym who is fucking angry yeah who is who is like i guess he is yellow jacket now he like i mean he's ant-man but but he i think he like he if you you can even see his suit is like developed into a yellow jacket basically like suit. so he's he what if hank pym became the yellow jacket to revenge blah 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 yeah um yeah and you get this cool like kind of little face off with him and loki where i mean it ties back in that loki wanted to be the one you don't see that it's Loki at first. It looks like it's Fury, mm-hmm. but then Fury starts using magic and stuff and like is able to basically counter uh, fight uh, Hank Pym and creates a bunch of clones. And we see that it is Loki. Yeah. Um, and, you know, here's kind of where I questioned a little bit. I was like, Hank seems so like methodical and like like perfect assassination. Why? Like he was doing, you know what? I mean, he was Ant-Man, so he knew exactly this is how Ant-Man would operate. Like I sneak in and fucking take shit out before he can ever even see me and, and encounter me. So for him to just kind of like, I guess, and you could say like, oh, he's angry and he just, you know, wasn't thinking straight or something like that, but he just kind of threw it all away. Like I, I could still see him beating Loki. Like I don't see why he could become small where Loki can't find you jump up into his but ear. But he didn't know it was Loki. 
I guess, yeah, you're right. And until at this it was point, a too late. Yeah. And at this point, like he sort of Hank's advantage this whole time was that he had the element of surprise. And when he saw Fury, he thought it was normal human ass Nick Fury who yeah. he could take out no problem. Yeah, he underestimated him. And, and because it was Loki, he just didn't take it basically seriously. And again, this is Loki with his powers. We're, yeah. We're assuming that the Thor that got taken out by an arrow earlier mm -hmm. was a Thor stripped of the magic. This is yeah. normal full power Loki. Yeah. So, yeah, but basically Loki smacks him down and, uh, you know, Fury comes up and they both are like, all right, cool. Good job, Loki. Like we caught the guy. This is I mean, he literally admits to it that he was the one that killed all the people and stuff. And, it, and you know, revealed because Hope was a shield agent and they sent her to wherever it was. Um, to die yeah and she died there uh, on a mission which i mean like for even explains like she was being a shield agent because she was trying to serve and help people you know she like we didn't kill her she died being a good agent but hank was like no fuck you eat a dick so um yeah and that's Lo <laughs> following Lo that loki loki decides you know what i'm just gonna stay here to roll midgard you know you guys, you guys need me to rule, obviously. Yeah. And he goes to the UN and he's like, hey, guys, it, it's me. Yeah. Record, record took over the world in 24 hours. He yeah. Says, yeah. Like, yeah. I stopped all of your petty squabbling. It's it's me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. But but we see kind of like the conclusion, like we have all the coffins with all the symbols on them of all the the Avengers that died. But Fury kind of brings it, even though it's like kind of a bad ending, it's like Loki basically succeeds. There are no Avengers to stop him. Like he comes in and just, yeah, he's like, cool. No one stops me in 24 hours. I took over Midgard, but we see that the probably the moral my, is probably my favorite moment of the episode is he, he uncovers the frozen shield of Captain America. And he says, hello, Captain and Captain Marvel pops up behind him. Yeah. So it's a double meaning. Yeah, exactly. And and we get that moral of the story, which is that like, hey, you, you know, still in your darkest times, heroes will arise. And, you know, Captain Marvel, Captain America, and surely all the other heroes that exist and can. A moral that come. does not apply to the next episode. Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, because every universe is different. So in this universe, uh, heroes will still rise. But in the next universe, we, I mean, we see what happens when. The Sorcerer Supreme is not there to protect the universe, and when when he acts in well, his own uh, his own uh, interests. Yeah. So this is a um, uh, universe in which instead of losing his hands, Doctor Strange loses his heart. Yeah. Which is uh, the uh, Rachel McAdams character. Yeah. Our our variation here is is that because uh, we I mean we remember him the reason he was driving to the same thing that night, but. Before he had asked Rachel McAdams' character, who's Christine, Christine Palmer. Yeah, Christine. Um, he had asked her and she said, no, I'm kind of overdoing those things. And and like they were like estranged, uh, strange. Um, <laughs> they were estranged. They weren't really together at that point anymore. So in this universe, like they had not broken up, I guess. Like, yeah. They were like still in love and very much together. And so she is going with him there. And on the way she she dies she's in the car crash and she is what what he loses and what he seeks out and is trying to repair in his life and we see eventually you know it, it's all the events happen you know he becomes a source of supreme and, and you know has the bargaining with uh dormammu yeah he has the eye of agamotto now and now is you know he's the, the source of supreme yeah but in this universe he cannot help but go but even against the the warnings of uh wong 
who says, yeah. hey, don't, you know, don't come have some tea with me before you do something stupid. And in this one, he tries to go back and revert the past. And every time he tries, he finds that he just can't. It, it is impossible. And he learns that this is a fixed time in in this universe. Like, this is a moment that must happen. And it because he must come become the Sorcerer Supreme and save the world and protect the world. Palmer's death is an absolute point. Yeah, it's an absolute point, which is which is I, it's an interesting thing. I, I hope that it's I, I'm assuming that this is something that they're going to say, like, this is a thing which happens across many universes that there are absolute points in universes things that must happen because because obviously this is not the same absolute point Mm -hmm. of our universe and this the what if is what if that absolute point was different (laughs) yeah exactly like we can assume that there are a bunch of like absolute points that are never referenced because they're never you know nothing has ever tried to change them right Mm -hmm. and we can also assume that something like like thanos snapping might have been an absolute point like it was supposed to happen no matter what right but the in that universe, yeah, in that universe and them going back, you know, is is the it's not a variation. It's just what is supposed to happen in the sacred timeline. Sacred timeline is that Thanos does snap, but they come back and, and they uh, can't undo it. the snap having happened, but they can fix what the snap caused. Yeah, somewhat, which is interesting, right? Like it, it can maybe even explains that they didn't know that it's not like they were yeah. like, we can't change the snap from happening, but we can go back and change the future because they just understand that like. I guess the the rules of of it being like a back to the future thing actually do apply here because you can make a whole branch off timeline. It it, it just as far as the sacred timeline goes, they know that they can't change their timeline, but they can make branch off timelines. And so instead they were like, we won't even try to change an absolute point, whether they knew it or not. They were going back and they were just going to change the future of this one. And and so, I mean, that's interesting. Nonetheless. We, we see Dr. Strange, uh, the way he learns about the absolute point is that we see him attempt and fail to save Christine, like maybe like a dozen different times, each time getting more desperate to like, hey, let's not even drive off. And yeah. like she dies like of a heart attack or he tries to leave her alone and he sees on the news uh, Dr. Yeah. Christine Palmer has been killed. Yeah. And the current Sorcerer Supreme uh, comes and basically says like, this is an absolute point in time and you can't change it. And trying to change it is, is not good. Like you, it will only lead to ruin. Like do not try. And he says, I just need more power then. Yeah. And so he goes to where he can probably find the most power. But before he, he, he is, he escapes, but before he does escape, the ancient one's last attempt is to try and split him. Mm-hmm. So at now he goes in back in time to a different, like version of the universe where he well he goes he goes back in time to just that universe where yeah he goes back to the the um the library of uh cagliostro yeah, yeah but a different point in time like yeah um and so he goes back in time and basically meets the meets o- ben it's like benda bendo oben oben yeah i think that's oben he meets him and um he continues to research he he just goes he, he's taking all the information he can from libraries and finds that to get the amount of power he needs he needs to basically take it from other creatures so he starts summoning all these different creatures and some of their mythical ones that we might recognize and yeah. some are just kind of like random ones like uh ones i mean like a weird bug there's a there's a lawn gnome like he literally summoned like the first thing he summons is a lawn gnome um an yeah. evil one it looks like a little <laughs> yeah but we also see him like summoning just all, all kinds of different things. I, I know there's some that I recognize in there. Like there was like a Cerberus kind of thing or like a, yeah. or like a Manticore. Um, yeah. And even summons like the very first thing he actually summons is the tentacles of the monster we saw from the Captain America episode. Yeah. Which is why I think that's also going to become some kind of important thing that we're going to keep seeing. Um, and it's clear. It, it seems 
like where where is this place that he's drawing from what what is this realm is this what we're going to see in the multiverse of madness well i did i did go look it up a little bit because i wanted to understand it better and for when i understand that this that entity exists in between realms apparently yeah. it's not even like something that exists in another universe it exists between the universes yeah and i presumably that's where all these other things are mm -hmm. and maybe like the multiverse maybe wanda opens up this in between mm -hmm. maybe yep yeah oh um and man i would love to comment on a thing that's in shang chi because i have oh. seen it but i will not at this point we'll talk about it later um but one thing i i bet that we're gonna see is i think we're gonna see this the tentacle monster come back again and i think we're gonna see it come back and it's gonna be missing a couple tips of its things because even despite what happens in this universe because it ex exists in between universe, it's a it exists, it exists within the multiverse. Exactly. So if somebody else encounters it, they may encounter it with cut off uh, tentacle tips. Um, even though Captain America also cut off some of them as well, but I think we'll see like maybe we'll see like more of it. We'll see like a greater like we all we see is like a few tentacles pop out and like start you know worming their way in. But we might get like a moment where someone's like cast out into that empty space or something. We'll see like the the vast like crazy massive monster that it is, and it'll have like a bunch of tentacles that are like partially sliced or cut um and it'll be like oh hey that's from like when all the different things we saw were cutting off its tentacles um but nonetheless he summons all these different things absorbs their power and we keep seeing him transform like turn like more and more evil looking and at one point he even takes a new cape like he sees one, like some creature is wearing a cape and he's like nice cape cool i'll take that one so it's like he even has like a, a dark you know evil looking dr strange cape yeah um and uh eventually after you know absorbing all these different creatures he gets to the end where he encounters he he resummons that same creature from before, slices off its tentacles, and summons absorbs that. That being maybe the most powerful one that he could have at that point. And at this time is kind of where we get a cut. Well, no, he goes off. He leaves the 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 little tomb where he's been absorbing powers for what is revealed to be centuries. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's been doing it for hundreds of years, which is pretty insane. But what we can assume is like we see him only do a dozen or more creatures. We can assume one that there are more, but two, I can also assume that it takes way longer. It's not like he just goes just to summon. All right, cool. Yeah. I just I just summon over and over. I'm I'm actually assuming that we are getting a cut because there's no time to show that it takes. I mean, it's, it's, it's advanced magic. Maybe he has to redraw his summoning circle every time and like find like and like do some seance and stuff. But yeah, so he yeah. he comes out and he finds that Obang has aged many many years and appears to be on his deathbed and it is at this time that he converses with him and one we we get obang trying to like once again reinstill to dr strange like hey like you can't you have to accept death death is a certainty you have to be able to come to terms with it mm -hmm. but this dr strange still isn't willing to but he is at this time that it's revealed to this dr strange that he is uh split he is only mm -hmm. half of who he is <laughs> yeah so we can never really have enough power because he's not even at his full strength yeah um so because of this we get um we get we get a flashback to that moment when dr strange when wong originally warned him do not you know hey don't do this come have some tea with me and that time he puts it down he goes and has tea with wong and and essentially everything continues as normal um there's no issue and you know, that's fine. But even in their reality, they start seeing something happening. Like things are being like, like almost like dissolving. Ink. Yeah. They're dissolving like ink, um, which is interesting. And 
they kind of determine what's going on. The sorcerer, the ancient one comes back as like an echo, an echo memory to communicate with him because, and, and it's an echo memory from that split universe where, she, where she was coming from the past, sending that to him to say, Hey, this is what's going on. You need to prepare because evil version of you is doing bad stuff. Um, and so him and Wong prepare and add all these protection spells to him. And we see, you know, that they're, he's getting ready to encounter himself when Wong basically is about dissolved away and he gets summoned. He gets really sucked up through the summoning portal and, uh, evil strange says, Hey, we can, we can save her. I just need you. Like you, you are, my power is half and I need to absorb you and, and thinks that this is the only way to do it. The other one's like, you're destroying the universe. You can't do this. You know, you have to stop. And he's like, no, I'm so close. I almost have all the power I need to, to, to save her. Commence fight sequence. Yeah, commence fight. And epic fight, and, and they're going back and forth and everything. And it really looks like Evil Strange has him outdone. And he just keeps beating him down and, and breaking down his protection spell more and more until eventually he breaks it down fully. And and honestly, there's there's a part of you that thinks like, okay, you know, hey, a good Strange is going to figure it out and something's going to happen here. Or he'll convince him or whatever. You keep thinking, and then it just, no, he beats him down until finally at the very end he just... It's over. It's done. He, and he absorbs them. And like he absorbs he did them. all the all the monsters. Yeah, and we're like, and then he goes on to en- enact his his plan. He brings Christine Black, makes her be alive, and the universe literally is collapsed. Like begin, she she is afraid of him because he literally is a monster. This plan, yeah, like a complete he, monster. He looks like a uh, like a like a monster. He does yeah. not look like strange. Yeah, he looks kind of tight though. Like pretty cool. I kind of yeah. liked. I was like, it's cool to think that this strange exists and. And that there's like a super dope monstrous strange a little bit. Even his voice is like altered. So it doesn't sound like him. So yeah. she wakes up and she's just like, ah, oh, get away from me. I'm, I'm terrified. And the world around is dissolving and she begins to dissolve because yeah. she may be alive, but she's still part of this universe that's universe. breaking down. Yeah. And strange is using all his power. He's like blasting these energy to, to like hold the now collapsing universe around and just keep it uh, alive. And it just keeps going. And this is where we see him see he had sensed or we kind of skipped over. He had yeah. sensed the watcher earlier watching him. Yeah, because at one point the watcher he speaks to us and he says, I could interfere, but that's not proper. Yeah, he he's on the wrong path, but it's not in my place to interfere. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, Strange has already begun to or absorbed at least a, a couple or some. Maybe even just one. And it's either that his, his, you know, his awareness is expanding to yeah. the point of the watcher. Like he's aware of the multiversal or something. He's aware of more like he's, he's getting like true sight and stuff. And the watcher being, you know, super invisible doesn't mean that he can't like sense him or know that he's there. And now at the end of all things, as his universe is being literally ripped apart because of his own action. Yep. He basically starts yelling at the watcher. Like you can, you can fix this. The, you you need to help. You you can't let all these people die. And the watcher plainly says, "No, this is on you. Yeah, I, I it's not in my place. I can't do this. Yep. You you chose this to happen because you wanted to interfere in what had to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to fix this issue by interfering. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Against and he man he chose this against like and like countless uh warnings against it too yeah like really i mean it like started with wong saying hey this isn't a good idea the ancient one literally comes to him and tells him it's not a good idea obend gives him like tells him at the end like hey you just have to accept death you can't do it you shouldn't do that he himself tells him it's the bad idea when yeah. he's confronted with himself yeah he tells him this is not right mm-hmm. but he's not willing to listen yeah he's not willing to listen this is and the, and and 
what I really love about this, uh, well, uh, let me, let's finish the recap. Essentially, the universe just collapses on him and it's literally nothing but him and Christine as she slowly fades away. And that's it. Like the universe is broken down entirely until she is eventually gone and he is left there alone in his little pocket universe. That's it. He is the only thing that exists now in his universe. He is just, and he's encapsulated there. And we see him like drift off and it's just one little, and we can see like the watcher's probably floating in between and the like the in between of, of multiverses and that's it. Like Strange is, is is trapped there. Now I think to myself, I'm like, is he trapped there though? It, like, I mean, his power has grown so immense. I mean, he's literally absorbed the power of things that exist between worlds. Why wouldn't he be able to travel out of this? Is what I imagine. I even think that maybe this Doctor Strange will be like a villain of this series. Yeah. I mean, like truly, he's become such an ultimate, like insane power. How could how could we not like need Avengers to fight something like that? I, I think he's going to try and travel to another universe and say, my universe is gone. I'll just absorb power from your universe to make mine whole again. Or just travel to un a universe where Christine never died. Yeah, exactly. And be like, well, I'll take this one or or there can't be two of me or something. I can see him being some kind of antagonist in the future. Yeah. And that's going to be like assemble the multiversal Avengers, you know, the, these what if Avengers. I, I bet the watcher goes, we need to do something about this one's important. This strange is going to go and collapse every universe now. Like I can't uh, stand by while this happens. You know, it's not my place to interfere, but I can do this or something like he makes it so that all those what if universes like know of each other and they all come together and endless possibilities. Yes. Yeah, maybe he, maybe that strange goes to the universe that no longer has Avengers. Right. And, and that's what he, you know, like yeah. he, because there's no one to defend. I mean, there's captain America and um, uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel, but like some of their other mightiest heroes are gone. So he goes to a, a vulnerable universe and yeah, so, something like that I think could be cool. Um, but what I was getting at is that previously uh, is that so strange. It is so interesting to see that like he is like we, we're watching him and in some ways we're like rooting for him or we think that he's going to come out of it. And I think this is a perfect example of really watching a villain. And and like of now, if, if we didn't know who Doctor Strange was, right? If we didn't know he was a hero in another timeline, if we were just to encounter the end result, a villain at the end of, you know, this monstrous creature, and you were to tell him, well, Doctor Strange was actually at one point a, you know, a the Sorcerer Supreme who defended this universe. But his heart ached so much for his lost love that he sought out great. And like, you could be told this, this, story. this is like an origin story. Yeah. yeah. Like you get like, you get like lore dumped at the beginning of a movie mm -hmm. and this is the bad guy that comes out later. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it, and it really um, humanizes or helps you be empathetic for a villain and to see like, we like Dr. Strange. He is a hero to us and seeing this, this is an alternative, right? The Dr. Strange to us, the constant Dr. Strange or the real one is the hero, Dr. Strange, not the villain. Yeah. But like, in some, this is simply a universe where no, he was the villain. In fact, he was the villain that won. He succeeded and destroyed the universe. But that that wasn't his goal. He 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 had a more selfish goal that had that as an unintended consequence. Here's my question to you. So you you keep saying like we're we're following him, wanting to root for him. When you what did you expect was going to be the end of this episode? I I mean I didn't, it's not that I was rooting for him to succeed. I didn't want him to bring Christine back because clearly it was a bad thing and it wasn't the right path. But I thought, you know, some like in the end when I was like, OK, clearly he's the bad stranger. I thought yeah. the good stranger would win. I, I did not. And you know why? Because at the beginning of the episode, the watcher straight up says 
not everything turns out well. Or mm-hmm. he says something to the lines of like, this, this is a bad, you, you, I've shown you some stuff. This is a bad thing. Yeah. And so I fully went into this episode like, okay, the universe is going to probably something bad's happening at the end of this. So I went in knowing that whatever I thought, whenever I thought something good could happen, I felt like the bad thing was going to happen. So I, weirdly enough, in the fight with the other Doctor Strange, the good Strange, I did not for a moment think the good Strange would win. It's it's just, I, I don't know if it's, maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like other people probably feel this too, where you watch a thing and you just keep hoping that it won't, like, good will win or it will change or this won't happen this time. Like, honestly, you know what's something that always makes me feel this way? Is like uh, Star Wars, uh, Revenge of the Sith. When I watch that every time I feel like I'm just like, what if, what if Anakin just didn't do this right now? What if he didn't like every, it's like you want him to make the better choice, even though it's a movie, it's constant. It's never and you've change. seen it, especially once you've already seen it, you know, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, or like I watched it for the first time and I already knew what it was. I mean, everyone knew any, like any like adult who knew who Anakin Skywalker was Yeah, or like a, it, it, you go into the movie knowing what he's going to do. Yeah. You may not know exactly what he's going to do. You may not know about the youngling thing, but you know that shit shit's going down and he's going to be Darth Vader by the end of this. And, but I actually, but at that point in the movie, you like learned to like, you've grown up with this kid and it's, there's a little more tragedy to it, especially because you know that this is, how this is the one truth of the Star Wars universe because the Star Wars universe is a universe. There's no multiverse yet. Not yet. That would be ridiculous. A Star hey, Wars hey, multiverse. Give it a few years. I I'd put money on it. Eventually, get a Marvel Star Wars universe crossover. Disney owns both. And if you don't give it to us, if 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 Darth Vader doesn't fight freaking Iron Man or something, I will be probably a little disappointed. You know, like. It, it sounds it sounds sick. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, there's no reason that it shouldn't. If they what, exist, if there could be an episode of what if where it's like, what if Star Wars showed up in the MCU or some something like that? What if what if someone breached so far through the multiverse, they broke into a, a galaxy far, far away? What if what if what if the Guardians visit a galaxy far, far away or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that would be. Yeah, exactly. What mm-hmm. if what if the Guardians visited a galaxy far, far away, which just to say. I would love to see what if forever. There's no reason that they couldn't just con- like, is there not literally an infinite amount of ideas and, and all the comics that have ever existed. And you couldn't just, what if anything that every, any alternate timeline that's ever existed, like this is a series that could just go on forever. And I would like it to, I'd love to just keep saying what if this happened? Like it, I, cause I just like it so much. Yeah. But um, Oh, but kind of back to what I was saying. It's, it's my usual feeling is that when I watch, anything even though i you, knew you hope for gonna, a good ending i did yeah every 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 opportunity he had to like turn or, or the final battle with with uh him you know the good version of dr strange i'm just like oh well he's gotta win right because that's how it usually is and it subverts my expectations and i like that i as an adult enjoy the tragedy and enjoy having my expectations subverted in, I, a, in a good way so i have a question for you i i mentioned earlier that number three would be my pick for best episode in thinking about it do you have a pick so, so it, for that reason right there, I feel like this almost might be my favorite episode. That's what I thought you were going to say. And I think for the exact reason why I felt, didn't feel that suspense. 
And I felt like it, it, in almost a Shakespearean way, they give away the ending at the beginning, mm-hmm. which normally shouldn't affect uh, your perception of something. It shouldn't. You should still be able to enjoy it for what it is. And I did enjoy it as an episode, but I did not have any expectations subverted. I felt no suspense at any point. Every like I didn't exactly see the things happening the exact way that they occurred. Like, and I thought, I think my favorite part of the episode was just seeing him absorbing stuff. Cause that's like the only thing I did not see perceive that happening. But in my mind, I was like, okay, he's going to try to save her. It's not going to work. Um, he's going to keep trying. And at some point the universe is going to be destroyed because of it. And that's more or less what happened. So my expectations were not subverted, which doesn't, that doesn't need to happen to enjoy something, but the episode as a whole without that was not my favorite. And it felt at times predictable in what was going to occur because it told me what was going to happen at the beginning. Yeah. So see the reason that number three, maybe it's for a simple reason. This is why three wouldn't be a favorite episode though. I liked it because I, I kind of called the, uh, I, and not to say I didn't know the Loki thing was going to happen where he was going to show up and help out at the end, but I just called what the villain was for the most part, you know, I didn't know it was exactly Hank. And so I kind of liked that. I was a little surprised, but I was like, Oh, this is like an evil Ant-Man or this is yellow jacket doing this. And and it was a little different than that, but I was just kind of like, Oh, the, the, maybe some of the mystique that I lost some of that, like, you know, questioning and not knowing kind of. Yeah. I went through the episode, not knowing who the bad guy was or what it, what was going on. Also, I wasn't sure how many Avengers were going to die. Like when Hulk popped up, I was like, well, they can't kill the Hulk. I mean, yeah, but then the Hulk died. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe Black Widow is going to be like the sole survivor at this point. Like, cause like she's, she's crappy. She can get out of stuff. No, not her. Yep. And, and really the only one that survived was Captain America because he had not been freed at this point. Yeah. Which I think from what I understand, he's probably like unfrozen just before the events of the Avengers. Yes. Yeah. Like he, he was basically on, like all the other Avengers were like kind of contacted or, you know, had initiated their coming into that, you know, realm before Captain America's like, I was unfrozen literally a couple weeks ago before Avengers happens. Like I showed up just in time to save the world. Um, but yeah, there's something about how that ends. Like, Hey, I, I did also like the subversiveness of it in that it's like all, all the Maya's heroes die, but we already know, we definitely know they're all going to die or maybe not. The question is like, which ones are going to die? The question is why and how are they dying? But I figured out the why and how kind of early and I had, I was under no illusions. I mean, there's no surprise that more or less of them died. It's just, yeah, Maya's heroes, pretty much all the Avengers are going to die in this episode. And so there's, you know, again, it's so cool. I enjoy every one of these, what else I've enjoyed, but the Captain America one was just like, this is just an alternate Captain America movie. It, yeah. I was retelling of the same movie. Number two, I, number also- two, I thought was better than number one, but it would still, it, it's still like at times it almost felt like fan servicey. It honestly. Yeah. And and again, I still enjoyed it. But that's, I would agree with that. It's literally like, what if Star Lord was a total badass? Like, what if he was, you know, what he was T'Challa and he was just really good at everything and so super smart and, you know, like that was just like a super really amazing universe where things are better. Quite honestly, I feel like one of the tipping points of, okay, this is too much was Howard the Duck, which I, I appreciated him being there. I thought it was funny, but like, it's like, this is this is a collector who has such a bigger collection and we still see howard the duck every time we visit this dude's place yeah and so so again 
I enjoyed all those, but those were just kind of like, they just were what they were. Right. I didn't, I didn't feel like a lot of nuance or there wasn't like a, like, and even number three still kind of just was what it was. I feel like number four was literally like watching a villain and his straight march into hell. And, and every time there's just a part of me that's like hoping that this person will turn back, right? Because we know he's a hero. Because I know he's a hero, I don't want to see him become a villain. And and so I'm just like thinking like, well, is this going to be what turns him back? Like you just see all these moments, right? Like those are all branch timelines in, in their own. Where each moment he could have been like, all right, I turned back when the Ancient One warned me. I turned back when Wong warned me. I turned back when Obin warned me. You know, like I, I, I turned back before, you know, good Doctor Strange defeats him or something. Like there are all these moments where you just think like this is where it could have been okay, but it just wasn't. Each time he pushed through, he he achieved. Like if he's the hero of his own story, he overcame all the things here. And this is this is a story about him. He was yeah. the hero of his story, except he's well, the villain of all of our stories. Here's the thing, though we've seen we've seen the villain have his hero's journey in a Marvel movie before. It was called Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, exactly. And and so and I feel like I've seen that. So I've seen it done better. But what I appreciate, I think, most about this episode is that this episode, even more so than Captain America, the or the Captain Carter episode, and even more so than the T'Challa episode, this episode felt the most like the movie that it was like most directly connected to. Like this felt like a natural like version of Doctor Strange. I think it's helped that this is like the first episode where every major character is voiced by the person you get Tilda Swinton, you get uh, a Benedict Cumberbatch, you get Rachel McAdams, you get Benedict Wong. These are the actual people voicing their actual characters. And so it helps the immersion. And because Dr. Strange already was such a fantastical movie that had a lot of these like crazy stuff happening when that stuff occurs, it feels like this is, this feels still feels like the movie like the car scene at the beginning of the movie, the car crash, I felt right in that car scene, even though it was live action in the movie, this felt like the same scene I was watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just totally, besides the thing, it never stops, uh, like, not, I don't know what the, even the feeling is. The, like, the what the fuck kind of feeling of that the actor who plays Wong, whose name is Wong, like, in the <laughs> comics... Is played by Benedict Wong, who is opposite Benedict Cumberbatch. And I just keep being like, Dr. Cumberbatch is like, did they do that on purpose? There's no way they did it on purpose. They wouldn't just pick a guy because of his name. And I'm just like, what are the odds? I, I just, yeah, it, I just, every time I, I think of that, I'm just like, Benedict Wong, who plays Wong. Opposite I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, we, we get to, we, it's like not even a common first name for, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I just I don't know why I have to mention that. It's just every time I think of it. I mean, Tilda Swinton, I believe her original name was the ancient one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know that, too. But that's almost that's whatever. I'm pretty sure they picked her because her original name was the ancient one because it's literally actually thousands of years old and fit the role really well. Yeah. So, She'll outlive us all. Yeah. Well, not anymore. She she actually died in the movie. We have to get that on film. That was that was real. Yeah, but her astral projection is still with us. Right. Yeah, her echo that 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 can break because her echo existed in this past. It gets to come forward to the, the future of this other timeline and appear in new Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, exactly. So, um, back to what you were saying though, uh, 
it does. I, I, yeah, I, I understand that. Like, it feels like a movie kind of thing. I, I don't know that I, I, it feels like more of a movie than Captain Carter. Captain Carter really just feels like a straight up, like, it's just the first Avenger. It with did, Captain it, Carter. It's more like, I don't know. I think it's something to do with like color palette and stuff where the Captain Carter one, I was like, it's retelling the events of, of the first Avenger, but I feel like first Avenger looked different. Like at the USO shows, it had that very, like, almost like, uh, like 1940s, like, like uh browns and yellows and reds but i feel like a lot of that movie was like a lot darker and there were like a lot more like blues whereas the episode felt more like in the reds and stuff and the oranges in my mind that's like when i think of that episode i just think of the color like orange and stuff mm, you know actually i think you're right about that and now you pointed out I, I and maybe that's a that was an artistic choice like to make it feel more separate or different but uh, I think you are right. I definitely think of a lot more orange, a lot more orange and, and kind of brightish colors. Whereas like the Doctor Strange episode, like I think because so much of it is so much more immediately familiar, I it, it just it just feels a lot like the movie because like whereas the animation style stays the same each episode, there's enough differences like in like color palette and like tone and stuff that each episode feels distinct in a way, even though all the animations more or less the same, it's all got that sort of cell shading stuff. The episodes feel distinct from each other because they are different universes, which is another thing I appreciate about the show in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I don't see, I don't see the star Lord T'Challa popping up in the captain Carter episode because he feels different like fundamentally right yeah just the, the way that they're portraying things really cements that these are different universes that are occurring like e like the little bit of nick fury you see at the end of the captain carter feels like a different nick fury than the nick fury we get in the avengers episode even though it's the same person mm -hmm. yeah which only makes sense like really i mean they are they are delineating that these are literal different universes and it's like, and the, they may not even do anything, but my brain feels it that way. What if they uh, end up getting towards like a multiversal clash and they have two Nick Furies at the same time, but they're literally in different shades. See, that would see that. And that would be, that would be on point, right? Like you don't have to do anything to like, but every literally just scale your shading just ever so slightly. So it's like, you can literally even tell which one's like from which universe or something because. And, and if this let's say that this becomes like a live action thing at some point, you just put them in different costumes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, or like style their makeup differently and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I think that this is just a fundamentally, I think I think the show does require you to watch the movies at, at a fundamental level. You cannot enjoy this show without having seen the content it relates to the Captain Carter episode on its own. I mean, technically speaking, it's telling you the story of Captain America. And so that episode, if any, would work. But the rest of them just fundamentally, I don't think work the same unless you've watched the movies. Yeah, like you, number three, you literally, it, it makes no sense unless you've actually seen all those movies. Like even you, you didn't, you are missing something because you don't know what the scenes from Incredible Hulk are. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember seeing the trailer of him in that, like the glass, like the pathway between the buildings. I remember that from the trailer and I remember him like busting out of it. 
but it I, I have not seen that movie. So like I did not know how much of this was ripped from the movie. Yeah, you don't even know the, what the variation is right there. Like it'd be like, oh, I didn't watch Iron Man 2 somehow. You you remember you, you're coming this far, but you watch this what if episode and you don't. You're just like, why is Iron Man in a donut? Like, what is he even doing there? And but you don't understand that like a bunch of stuff just happened right before he ends up in the donut. The two the two MCU movies I have not seen are uh, Hulk and Iron Man three actually. Iron Man three is honestly it's a one of the more divisive ones. It's it's a skippable movie. It's it's you know I want to just like all the movies, but it was it, it was like a weird. I don't know. That's a, that's like a whole that could be a whole episode right there about. I heard like, the I heard the Mandarin's coming back. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, technically he does exist. I mean, the the person, but he's like based the on real in, Mandarin. Not not the fake actor Mandarin. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a really good show. Um, and it, it seems to only be getting better in a way. Like, even though, like, the number four wasn't my favorite, I still appreciate the the choice. I so, so I think they're doing it just right. Right. Where we come in with just kind of like a simple, hey, we replaced x with x right it was, it was a very simple kind of what if to understand the second episode almost the same thing we replaced this star lord with but he gets you know, a little Star-Lord. more like like this is di- fundamentally different because yeah. we made this change they're, they're like perfectly introducing us to like how this one is like barely different but like significantly and then this one is like universe is entirely different right like thanos is not an, a threat anymore now it's this guy that's a threat and and these things are you know like simple change but fundamental difference the net the third episode is major difference right like all these heroes die like it's it, i mean it's one single point where it all changes but major thing happens like this is drastically different here and so it kind of prepares you to come into episode four where it's not just like this isn't just drastically different like this is different and everything's bad and like this is what happens when the wrong choice is made and this universe collapses literally like and, and it shows like fundamentally speaking if the if the catalyst that caused dr strange to become dr strange was christine's death the world ends because of it. <laughs> yeah, basically like that is the natural flow of this timeline. Like if it's, if Christine's reason that he becomes Dr. Strange, he will eventually become evil, strange and destroyed. So the world. fact that he loses his hands is basically the best thing to happen. Yeah. So I'm excited for episode five. Yeah. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I know the from just the teaser trailers, I know that we are eventually going to get the zombies. Yes. Marvel zombies. I'm excited <laughs> to see that. Um, Cause I don't, I know that that's a thing that exists in the comics, but I don't know much about it but it'll be really great to watch it um i think that's gonna be i think anybody's gonna enjoy that it's gonna be like marvel zombies all of our favorite heroes are zombies so, exciting yeah but yeah so i honestly i'm getting kind of bummed by the titles and the descriptions reading them going into the episodes i i kind of almost agree i think it ruined i it didn't ruin episode three for me but if i could have watched episode three without reading that synopsis beforehand i think it would have been a better episode yeah It'd be cool somehow they gave us the title at the end of the episode somehow. But I mean, I guess they have to have a literal title. You know, they should just go, what if four? What if number four? And at the end, they go, what if this happened? Yeah. That'd probably be the easiest way to deal with it. Like, give us the title at the end of the episode. But it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think we said all we need to say. Yeah, I think so. So, but until next time, this has been Robert. And Ryan. Have a good one, folks. Yep.